Hello and welcome to today's episode of the Care Inspectorate's podcast on Meaningful Connection. My name is Barbara Lawson and I'm joined today by my colleague Sherry Kerr. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about the importance of personal planning and how it can support meaningful connection for people in care homes. So Sherry, um, you know, do you want to kick us off and tell us a bit about what personal planning is? Yeah, I mean, I suppose personal planning is kind of at the core of everything really isn't it it's about you know how we kind of go about making sure that people's outcomes are met that we we find out about what's important to people and we put things in place to try and achieve that I suppose is the is is the core of it isn't it I mean how we go about that is is another matter there are you know lots of different ways that we can actually go about achieving that but I guess the you know the basis of it is just about finding out what's important and trying to make sure those those outcomes are met. Yeah definitely and I think you know when we were talking earlier about the health and social care standards just really that all through the standards that you know it's full of things you know to do with personal planning Um, you know what kind of things would you maybe highlight to people? Yeah, definitely. And I think that really does run through the whole of the health and social care standards, you know, because it's about involving people and including people, making sure that people are participating in, you know, in those processes and those decisions about um, their care, about what's important to them. Um, just bringing in all, you know, all, all those important things that help to make sure that people are getting the care and support that is that is right for them and that are having a voice in that. Yeah, definitely. And I think including people that are important to them, whether they've got legal powers or friends and family and also getting that consent for that inclusion in that and keeping people informed as well, I think is really, you know, really vital to that. Making regular changes, not just leaving things to the six month review or if there's, you know, been a significant change, but it's really a process that can be done continually. You know, when you find out bits of information or if something works well you know really looking at you know and trying to incorporate that in so that people are getting that consistent approach yeah yeah absolutely and I suppose I'm just thinking about you know when we're thinking about meaningful connection which is what you know what we're kind of talking about here and just finding out all that relevant information about you know what people's wishes and preferences are about their, their their connections and their relationships with people and just thinking about how that can best be promoted and supported and how everybody can be included in that. Yeah, definitely. And I think people's personalities are really um, key to this as to the type of, you know, social connection people want. You know, some people like to spend time on their own or maybe have small groups or sit on a kind of one to one. So I think really understanding who people are and that personhood, you know, and that's why involving family carers who we've described, you know, throughout this whole series as being the guardians of people's identity, you know, that we're really including people's wishes and their views to find out you know who people actually are 
you don't just want to read a, a plan that's just very task orientated. You want to get the essence of the person. You know, what do they like to do? How do they like to spend their time? Who with and where? You know, it could be sitting out in the garden having a cup of tea, even in all weathers, you know, get wrapped up. Some people love that and it's just quite exhilarating, isn't it? Feeling the, the wind and the rain if you're out for a walk. Some people love that, whereas other people are, you know, they don't like going outside. But, you know, what's important to them is really, really key, um, you know, to showing their personalities. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's just all about being person-centred, isn't it? And, you know, not being that sort of one-size-fits-all. And what's that phrase that we always talk about, the, the recipe for connection? Everybody's got their own recipe and everybody's got, you know, some people... Like you said, like to like to be in their own company. Some people thrive in large groups. Some people like smaller group settings or talking to people one to one. You know, um, everybody's got their own particular set of circumstances that will help them to thrive the best. And I'm just thinking, you know, there's it can be the small things that make all the difference. I'm just thinking about, you know we talk about tea quite a bit and you know in our conversations on a daily basis we're always refreshing our cups of tea but how that cup of tea is made is vitally important I know um, for me I like a nice strong cup of tea um, and you know that it's but I do need to be reminded to drink it because I'm frequently it goes cold and then I don't like it but it needs to have you know a decent tea bag um, and with the right amount of milk or that whole experience is ruined. Um, what about you, Sherry? How do I like my tea? Yeah. <laughs> I'm the opposite. I li I'd like to just sort of wave the tea bag at the cup and have it quite weak. But it does need to be the right kind of tea. It needs to be the right brand or it just might as well not bother. Yeah. But yeah, uh -huh. yes, very important, very important. Definitely, and, and the type of mug um, that we use as well. Mm, I have my favourite mug. So sometimes it's, you know, the small things that do matter that helps to get that consistent approach. It's not necessarily the task like Barbara likes tea, but it's how the tea's made. Um, or it could be how somebody likes to, you know, to spend time, where they like to spend time. And I'm just reminded of a situation of somebody, a care a member of staff supporting somebody to make a video call to their son who he also had a hearing impairment. And it wasn't just like support with the with the video call, with the iPad and the headphones, but actually the carer had to actually work as an interpreter because of the son's hearing impairment, so had to repeat the questions. So if that detail hadn't been in the personal plan, that video call and that time of connection, you know, with the son who lived, you know, far away, it just would not have been a meaningful opportunity. Yeah, yeah, that's a good example because it's just just really flags up that importance of having that information, isn't it? Especially if people can't necessarily tell you that themselves, you know. And we always say that you know the, the support plan, the personal plan, should have everything in it that, that that people need to know. So if somebody comes in and they don't know anything about that person, what are the most important things that they need to know about that person and how that person likes to be supported? And sometimes when you've got you know, sometimes services gather like loads of really good information, but then there's almost so much of it that it's kind of quite hard to kind of sift out the, you know, the really important parts. And you've got these massive folders or huge electronic care plans or whatever. And, you know, so it's just about having that or that organised and accessible, I suppose, so that people can find the information that they need at the time when they need it. 
Yeah, definitely. And there can be so many different assessments and life stories and risk assessments and all the different things, social assessments about people's backgrounds, you know, some really amazing information, but then you find that it doesn't actually transfer into the actual personal plan. And I'm just reminded about, you know, from a, I come from a nursing background, you know, that we've got the nursing process, which is assess, plan, implement and evaluate. And that links very well with the kind of improvement cycle, the plan, do, study, act. You know, so we're, you know, we're um, assessing, we're then planning and then implementing it and then we're evaluating it. So, you know, did that plan that was in place get the desired outcome and it's you know it's as simple as that it doesn't have to be complicated and also I'm thinking a bit about named visitors when we're thinking about an outbreak um, at the time of the recording it's three named visitors um, that are allowed to visit during an outbreak so having the you know that written in so that people know who's out, who's able to come in when they're visiting and also how people like information to be shared there could be an older person um, who maybe doesn't want to be phoned during the night um, but they prefer to have you know um, that call during certain hours. So I think how people are contacted as well is really important about how we share information, how we keep people informed um, during an outbreak as well can be really important. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's the sort of thing that kind of helps to to build trust and confidence as well. It doesn't say, you know, people feel that they are being communicated with kind of in a timely manner and that they're finding out, you know, what what they need, what they need to be told, um, you know, and you've got that information in advance as you said about how people want to be contacted about who should be contacted about what and at, at what times you know I think that can really avoid a lot of problems further down the line. Yeah definitely and I think you know balancing people's human rights has always been been difficult and I think it's more so you know since during the pandemic and since but I'm just wondering you know what your thoughts are about you know that kind of like risk aversion um, compared to the kind of reablement. how can people really you know incorporate that type of thing into a personal plan? Yeah um, and I think services and soften families you know can with the best will in the world you know they want to keep people safe which is a very natural thing to do and want to minimize the risks as far as possible you remove the risks if possible um, but it's really hard to get that balance right between kind of minimizing the risks you know to an acceptable level and enabling people to take um, positive risks that can actually be enriching to them and that can add you know add to their quality of life so just thinking really carefully I suppose about how we can balance that and making sure that all that is is, is recorded and that all those things have been considered. Yeah, definitely. And I'm thinking maybe just like in a practical example there about people's mobility, you know, and that links into Article 5 of like liberty and security in the Human Rights Act. And, you know, it could be something as simple about somebody that's had increased falls and the need for their walking frame to be near them if they use it. But then if they have a cognitive impairment, um, you know, some people might remove the walking aid thinking if they don't see it, they'll get not get up. So it's about 
how do we make sure that we're upholding people's human rights, you know, particularly with mobility, if they're using bed rails, that's why risk assessment comes in and it can be very practically outworked. You know, what are the ways that we can then support somebody to mobilise or to get outside safely? Um, you know, so there can be lots of different ways that that can be applied. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, talking about getting outside, for instance, and, and things like that, you know, those are the kinds of things that really do make a big difference to people's lives. But often people might people might be quite reluctant to say, well, you know, it's too dangerous to go for a walk around the garden or whatever. Or maybe families might, might feel that perhaps that's not something that's, um, you know, that's going to be appropriate. But um, but yeah, just about having that balance and keeping considering all those issues. Yeah, so I think, you know, the key really for personal planning is to, you know, that it's up to date, that it's relevant, that it involves people, it's reviewed regularly and it's accessible. You know, that all that really, you know, poignant information, the relevant information, those, you know, nuggets and gems that people know about people that really enhances people's personhood, that they come through and they're kind of tailored through the personal plan. And as we said earlier, it's that recipe for connection. So thinking about, you know, the environment, thinking about any barriers or enablers that can really support connection. So there's lots to think about. Um, and I suppose just in closing, is there anything else, Sherry, that you would maybe include in your um, personal plan? The things that I would want people to know about me if I was going into mm. a care home. Um, yeah, I think there are probably quite a lot of things that I would like people to know about me. Um, I'm not really a big group person. I'd rather be in small groups or one-to-one -one or just I'm the sort of person that needs a lot of time on my own. So, you know, I would need access to to my books and my music and my nerdy television programmes. I'd be the person that they were like, oh, she just wants to stay in her room most of the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I'd probably be the one coming in chatting to you, distracting you and keep, um, bringing you a cup of tea. Um, so but You're always yeah. welcome to bring me a cup of tea. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Um, so I think, you know, it can be, I know we kind of were joking and, you know, having a bit of fun, but it is, you know, these type of things are really, really important. Um, and I suppose for me, it's about being able to get outside, but also being able to, you know, like what time I get up in the morning, um, you know, what is my morning routine? And I think that's really key, you know, that you have a positive day because you've had a positive morning, um, you know, and all those type of things can just really enhance um, a personal plan and certainly mine. Yeah, yeah, yeah and, definitely. And I think it would be worth just highlighting the guidance. There's Care Inspector. I've got guidance on personal planning and we'll put the link um, available with the episode but also in the quality frameworks for adults and older people you know looking at the toolkits that are for each of the kind of quality indicators there's loads of really good information available um, to support people to make a really um, individual personal plan that you know captures that human rights based approach and you know the health and social care standards so a lot to think about. It doesn't have to be complicated, you know, keep it simple, keep it relevant and include the people that are important. OK, so anything else you want to add in before we say goodbye? No, nope, I think we've more or less summed it up, Barbara. Yep. OK, so thanks everybody for listening to today's episode. Thank you.